welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman, and today I'm delighted to be joined by author, DEI expert, and founder of the Better Man Conference, Ray Arata. And Ray opens up Act One talking about a one-two wake-up punch that he received back in 1991 that proved to be one of his most formative, not necessarily pleasant, by the way, experiences of his life. Uh, He faced a divorce on two different fronts, one from his wife and the other from a business partner who left to join another firm, both of those happening in a span of weeks. He reflects on the pain he experienced and unconsciously spread and the growth he was able to achieve only later on after really examining himself and learning to trade that need for external validation for his own self-love and self-acceptance. And all that happened through his experience with the Mankind Project and MKP's New Warrior Weekend. And Ray goes into a lot of what happened in those weekends, not giving away any spoilers, by the way, but his own personal stories of what happened in those weekends that really put him on the path that he finds himself on today. I want to highlight uh, that one piece that Ray discusses was that he was able to recognize his own deep-rooted pain and buried emotions and how they contributed to the dissolution of his first marriage. Quote, my then wife didn't sign up to be my mother, but for all intents and purposes, the little boy in me was running the show. Unquote. That is some pretty profound and honest stuff that Ray is bringing to the table. And I think that's an indicator of who he is as a as a truth speaker, a truth teller, a great storyteller as well, by the way. And the determination that he brings to everything he does in the work that he continues to do with the Mankind Project and certainly in his work as the uh, leader of the Better Man Conference. There is a lot to this, and we wrap the discussion anticipating where we're going to go in Act 2, but we wrap Act 1 with uh, riffing on the functions and dysfunctions of power and drawing some key distinctions between the power of the ego and wounded shadow versus the power of the heart. A lot here. Um, Just a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting delivery service. And with that, let's take the plunge into this great conversation with Ray Arata. Enjoy. Ray Arata, welcome. I I should say welcome back to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is our second take due to some technological difficulties the first time, but it's a pleasure to have you back here. Thanks, Ken. Just like I said before, I'll say it again, and I'm happy to be here and, and to do this for the second time. It's going to be the charmed one this time. Exactly, exactly. Second time's a charm. So what was it like growing up in your part of the world? You know, given that I grew up in, in San Francisco, there's there's a lot of ways I can answer that question. But as a man with the name Raymond Joseph Arata III, uh, coming from a long line of lawyers and judges with a father and grandfather with my same name in a city where there were three all boys high schools and each of them went to the other two. Um, I had to forge out my own, but there was no shortage of dinner table conversations when the basketball and football games came up. And so, and that still goes on to this day. So there was that, there was that one piece uh, growing up as a native San Franciscan but at the same time, trying to figure out who the hell I was. So 
um, that has unveiled itself later in life. But in addition to that, um, a lot of politics went on in the city and I was the oldest of three kids in the family. So, um, I, I kind of led, led the effort of what it meant to be, uh, an errata, an Italian American kid. In San Francisco, in, in the San Francisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. and the decades in which you, your formative decades were. So my, I would say my formative decades were um, uh, my late high school, uh, and then into my thirties. And my my uh, the when I think about think deeper upon formative what comes up comes to mind and heart is what really made me the man I am today. So without question, I would have to say that my wake up call one, two punch in 1999, when I was, how old was I? I was uh, 36 years old, married three kids, two months into the brand new house that we built stock market climbing everything seemed great but underneath the lid underneath the hood that was not what was true and so in the span of uh six to eight weeks i got the i don't love you anymore speech and my business one of my business partners i was a financial consultant to high-tech companies uh in the valley Silicon Valley here, uh, advising them on their retirement plans. He left and went to another firm. So let's just chalk that up as a uh, partnership betrayal. And I was ill-equipped to deal with these two life blows. And so after treading water sideways and stuffing my emotions like most of us men do because we were never taught on how to experience our emotions, I got called out by my manager one day after I had yelled uh, which is a form of anger in action at our syndicate desk. And he called me out of my behavior. And the way he did that was eerily reminiscent of some verbiage that I got from my wife. Uh, and I said, you know what? I think I need to do something. I've heard what you said at home, what's been said at home. You're kind of echoing the same thing here. I need to do something. So before you, be, be, yeah. Yeah, be, before you, before you go there, I think it's 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 important to the it's it's important as far as background because you heard these similar things from you heard these thing, yes. similar things from your now ex wife and from um, from your 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 boss and what what did they tell you? Well, she said she had to drop a Volkswagen on my head to get my attention, and what she was trying to tell me was that how I was acting. And the way it was landing on her uh, scared her, uh, didn't make her feel very good. And the, the yelling and the volume, which was my inability to process my feelings, um, made her want to go away. Hmm. And so uh, that was kind of what she said to me and that she had been trying to tell me all along Uh things along those lines so it's, and it i just i just couldn't hear it and and so that was on on her side of things now in the work environment i yelled and i was upset and that's not the way in a work environment you you get your point across 
And so he said, he called me out on that too. And he said, Ray, you can't do that. And now given that he had done the, the men's weekend, um, he was able to like ask me a you know question or two, like, you know, what's going on. But I was pretty much on the offensive saying I need to do something. So he intuitively knew, oh, here's another candidate for the men's weekend. And, you know, he, he said, Ray, don't worry about it, but you know, you got, you got to address this because you can't continue to behave in this fashion. So for whatever reason, I chose to listen to him because now the pain was at work. And yeah. so, and well, so I like the way I, again, I'm going to pause you there because I, 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 I'm really taken with the way you phrased that the, the, the pain was at work and you know, what, what, I know, and what I think is really important is to to highlight is that in order for the pain to begin to work, you have to allow it. Mm -hmm. You have to allow it. And I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. Know how to do it, so I stuffed it. So I stuffed it, and you know, at work, uh, there was no refuge there either. There was a lot of pressure and um, I was isolated. There's pain right there. Um, and what became evident a little bit later is I really didn't like working in the financial services industry. So there was that pain. And if I went a little underneath that, I wasn't seen or valued for who I was. Mm -hmm. Not being seen. That is a, there's pain right there. And anybody uh, adept in the personal growth realm or who's been on their own path, we can't wait for others to see us. We have to see ourselves. So it, it was, it began a long journey for me to heal and, uh, embrace my own gold and see who I was and not seek external validation by anybody else. Yeah. And of and course, I, I had to work all that out in my work and in my first marriage. No wonder. Right. Well, one thing you said in the in the um, you know <laughs> during our take one before yeah. the technology went south, um, <clears throat> one thing you said uh, was that you had this realization that it was your it was if, if I'm remembering this correctly that it was your own inner child who was trying to be in relationship with your wife that wasn't that that wasn't terribly useful yeah am i accurate so, on that? well what i would say is that you know given that i had a very strong italian masculinized mother there was pain that resulted in me not getting the love and nurturing that i needed so what did i do i did what most men do is that we either go out and seek same or opposite. So I sought same because it was mm -hmm. familiar, strong, athletic woman. Uh, and ironically enough, despite her trying to love me, since I didn't know what love looked like, I didn't let it in. It's not her fault. And all that the divorce really did was pull the scab off of the mother wound, the pain that I had with my, with my, with my mother. And so that um, I had to work through all of that mm -hmm. as a as a as a man on my way to manifesting uh, 
a life partnership with my current life partner, Anna, of 22 plus years. And that was as a result of my divorce. So that, that was pretty heavy duty. That was probably one of the biggest pieces of work that I had to do. And on a deeper level, I'm sure some of your listeners will, will resonate with this. When you're a little boy uh, and you want the love and affection of your mother, um, we often uh, hand over our power in the form of emasculation because we're afraid we're afraid to say or do the wrong thing so we acquiesce so when it came time to become an adult man and be married um my then wife didn't sign up to be my mother but for all intents and purposes the little boy in me was running the show the little boy in me who learned how to smile and please and how that evolved into a seducer at a you know, young man's age, all that came out and she didn't trust it. I would say this with a smile and do this repeatedly, just eroding trust over time. Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you know now about, as you, and I think you just told us, but what do you know now as you look back about your own trustworthiness at that, at that, at that time, not now, but at that time? Uh, I was not a man of integrity. I said one thing and did another. And that can just be explained by, you know, Carl Jung refers to uh, our shadow beliefs about ourselves that we hide, repress, or deny. And, and mine was, I'm not lovable. And so rather than admit that, confront that, um, we develop behaviors that uh, dis- seek to disprove that. And so that's what I did for a very, very long time. Yeah. And those, the, the patterns of those behaviors are such that, you know, ev- eventually they backfire. There's, there's no, there's no way that they can't. It breaks down trust. And that's what was underneath my, my out of integrity. I mean, I was a good guy and everything, but you know, when my, my pain little boy's running the show, you know, and he's trying to covertly get attention, AKA love, He's going to do what he needs to do, even though I'm presenting as an adult man. Right. That's the conundrum that many men find themselves in. That's the conundrum or the reality that many women experience at the hands of boy men. Right. We've all seen it. <laughs> A lot of us have done it. Yeah. And there's no shortage of it out there in the in in the world of leadership and certainly in the popular culture. There's yeah. there's there's a lot of it. So the weekend and the weekend in your case of course was the new warrior training bring us there so uh when i was handed the brochure um by my manager in the financial services industry i looked at the brochure and i i looked at him i said you gotta be fucking kidding me a men's weekend and he smiled and he said i can't tell you what they do there but it changed my life here call my wife so on trust, I said, okay, I got to do something. And there was nothing local. And so I flew to Houston and I show up out in the middle of nowhere. I drive there with a couple of other guys who were also going to the weekend, got to know them. And all these men were dressed in black. That was really kind of weird. But they all kind of held this blank energy, this what I can now say warrior energy. 
And when I did this weekend, it was a series of processes that uh, blew me wide open. It had me um, confront how the pain little boy in me was running the show. Mm. And so I learned a lot. I learned about my emotions. I learned about accountability. I learned about integrity. I came away with a, a, a mission statement. And I was strongly encouraged to join a men's group because if I didn't, this awakeness, this fire, this reconnection to myself would go away. And I was, I was determined to not ever go back to sleep, yeah. ever. So, you know, unbeknownst to me, this uh, weekend and the subsequent invitation to uh, attend men's weekends set me on a path and and which is now like 55 men's weekends maximum security prisons 15,000 hours of working with with men you know i hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cups of coffee with men who wanted to talk to me or women who had a man in their life that wanted to talk to me and they would, they would always open up with Ray, you said something and i'm like you know what did i say i began to realize that something bigger was happening and so you know i accepted it and kept going so yeah yeah that's the weekend and and, and <laughs> a setup for a subsequent question i'm sure thank you so much for joining me here on mojo for the modern man hope you're enjoying this conversation between myself and ray errata and if you have not yet quick reminder subscribe to mojo for the modern man on your favorite podcasting service and if you like what you hear here then by all means let your friends know and tell people about the podcast much appreciated let's dive back into the conversation well it is and there's more to that there's there i'm sure there's more we can dig into to the weekend in fact you know let's and without giving away too many too many secrets because of course those who are who are listening who are considering mankind project or any any other kind of men's work that they may be considering we don't want to give away too many secrets they can have their own experience on the one hand on the other hand you know as you look at the moments of that initial weekend you know the the the, the moments of that initial weekend where the the lights really came on in, uh, and one could argue, of course, just getting you there was a light coming on weekend, a moment. But the moments, you know, highlight one or two of the moments where, where, where the light really came on, and you know that 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 instant of uh, recognition. So um, sitting in a circle with men, speaking truth, and listening to other men share what was true for them was revelatory. It, it had the net effect of uh, me not feeling so alone and that mm -hmm. I was the only one struggling in this. That was huge. And then, you know, probably my carpet work, um, a gauntlet of men, arms locked, representing messages that I took on with a guy on the other end of the gauntlet holding two oranges that represented my balls, mimicking what things that my mother said and me having to break through to get my balls back. Hmm. It was it was a gigantic piece of work that had me reclaim my power as a man. Yeah. And, uh, and say a word. Boy, as a 
the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and say 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 a word or two about that power. And the reason I'm asking you to go here is because you talk about power and you talk about power differentials in the book, which we're going to get to, of course. Um, uh, but there is there is there's personal power, right? Right. You know, there's personal power, and then there's power power over others. So talk a little bit about the power that you reclaimed. Yeah, I would call it like a, a power reset, the power of my truth, the power of the evolving out of my little boy into my adult masculine, the power of letting go of upsetting mommy, the mm. power of upset, the power of being and 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 aligning with my truth of who I was as a man authentically and being in my heart the power of the heart um and and so that's more than anything else therein lies a distinction i was no longer going to be playing a game from a little boy's wounded perspective i was going to be who i was it was now important for me to parent myself and to love myself and to not seek validation from women or anybody else in my life so it was reclaiming who I was and taking my balls back, if you will, instead of playing this game that I had been playing with women most of my life, I was not going to do it anymore. And so it was, it was that. Now, the power that I speak about in my, in my book, a.k.a. power differential mm -hmm. or power of the heart, Power differential is is a concept that most men in positions of authority rarely think about because they're a man, because they're not the woman that um, faces that choice. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't, simply because of the hierarchical difference in authority or title inside of a company. So when a man comes to recognize by virtue of his title, and his position in a company that entering into any kind of personal relationship with a woman, she she's in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Because if she says yes and things don't work out, she has no recourse. If she says no, in her mind, understandably, there might be recourse. So there's no option for a um you're a nice person and everything, but it's probably better that we uh, align with the non-fraternization policy that the company has in store. And, and the guy who's his, his other brain down below the belt is doing the thinking, you know, might not like hearing that. <laughs> right, right. And then, and, so and actually, sort of distinctions of power. And, and what I'm speaking to these days, and I just wrote a blog around Vladimir Zelensky, is the power of the heart and a new relationship with power. So, so say a few I'm words about, so I was going to ask you about the power, specifically about power of the heart, um, because in, in, in our culture, and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but you know, in, in our culture and our educational systems, there is, you know, the focus is so great in many ways to, you know, to, to divorce oneself, for lack of a better way of putting it, from anything below the chin. 
you know, except in the case of men, you know, um, of course there's the, there's, there's the, the sexual aspect, but other than that, you know, this is where, you know, it's the power of the mind, uh, above all the power to think your way into and out of circumstances, um, the power to dominate, you know, in so many different ways, power of the heart is very, very different. Very, very different. So, yeah, say, say it, say a little bit more. About well, we can look art. to the world stage, and there's a contrast between Putin and Zelensky. Right on. One is leaving a carnage of death and fear by virtue of his uh, utilization of power, his, you know, his tyrannical disregard for human life, uh, driven personally, in my opinion by his own unfinished business in shadow, right? And we, so, so that's not the kind of power we're looking for. Thank you so much for joining me, Ken Mossman, your host here on Mojo for the Modern Man, and my guest, Ray Arata, for this Act 1 of our two-act conversation. Ray will be back for Act 2 next week, depending on when you're listening to this. And just to give you a little bit of a hint uh, of what's coming, he's going to dive even deeper into these distinctions about power and what is it that makes these distinctions so important. And we will also dig into his work, including some of what's in the book without giving too much. And that book is showing up how men can become effective allies in the workplace um, and so much more. And you can learn more about Ray. Follow the links in the notes for today's session. And you can go to rayarata.com and thebettermanconference.com. And those links, as I said, are all in the notes for today's show. And I invite you to visit me on my website, Cirrus Leadership or KenMossman.com. Both will get you there. That's Cirrus as in the cloud or Ken Mossman as in my name, KenMossman.com. Come by, see what I've got going on. Registration is open for the Fall I Am class. That's my flagship men's program about 14 weeks in length, a deep, deep dive into all different aspects of being a man, bringing those aspects, perhaps some that we have voted off of our own island, back and um, learning a lot about wholeness and emotions and all sorts of good stuff in that program. And a big shout out of thanks to Megan Johnson and Carly Farrar at Knack and Company for their help in copywriting and keeping me on track, and to Josh Hines, sound man extraordinaire for his sound editing here on Mojo for the Modern Man. Be well, take care, and we'll see you back here soon. Make it a great day.